Welcome to another episode of Every Rose Has Its Unicorn. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, are the best people on the planet, Jenna and the Alexes, both Anonymous and Alpha. How are y'all this week? I spent the first 40 minutes of us being on a call uh, making (laughs) you guys look at weird chickens and recommending Switch games. So one of which Alex has like descended into madness over. So I'm doing great. I was about to say it also involved birds. It's been very bird themed. Yeah. Like, but I feel like we participated. Like, I feel like you're like, "Ah, I forced them into this. No, we happily cluck, cluck along behind you like little chickens. Yeah. Like little chickens with insanely log legs. Yeah. Bringing in the most horrifying leggy chicken I've ever seen in my life. And this like Duruk, Duruk, Duck Giraffe. (laughs) That's what I guess I get is Duruk. Duck Giraffe hybrid that Dr. Moreau Anonymous Alex brought to us. Basically what we want to say is Tim and I like round birds, and apparently <laughs> Alex and Jenna like the most oblong birds they can find. The more cylindrical, the better. Say it the way you said it originally that made me die. They're long in the bad way. <laughs> also, I think the oblong birds would be a great gang name for us. Oblong like birds. Yeah. I feel like that's probably more of an indie band name than a gay. <laughs> I want you to imagine a cop driving through an area, rolling his window up because he's like, oh, we're in the oblong birds territory. Like, it's not a name that strikes fear into the hearts of men. Cheap, Tim. cheap motherfuckers. <laughs> like, you can't do that. Like, that's not a scary Somebody just walks up clicking together grain containers. Oblong birds <laughs> come out to feed. 100% that is what, if Anonymous Alex becomes a serial killer, that is what she says to her victims. I don't know how I feel about this Horse Girls fan fiction that Tim is writing where Alex decides, like, I, this is like the cupcakes fan fiction from My Little Pony where Pinkie Pie uses the other ponies to make cupcakes like Alex descends into being a serial killer. It's like Horse Girls in Fargo had a crossover. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Horse Far Girls. <laughs> Far Girls. Far Girls. And everybody like, it's a great show for girls. All right. So we read the seventh book in the Unicorns of Alinor series. It's called Night of the Shifter Moon. And I'm going to tell you what happened. So this one starts out. Uh, in like the, the the forest with two rabbits that are like basically the exact same characters as the two guys uh, who are in the beginning of Hidden Fortress, which I think was later ripped off to become 
R2-D2 and C-3PO. So basically, like, Rabbit, R2-D2, and C-3PO are in the forest, and they're, like, you know, going back and forth, and one's talking all big, and the other one's like, ah, you're a piece of shit, or whatever, right? And the other one's like, I'll, do, I'll, I'll, I'll say all this stuff right in front of Ari and Chase's face. And the other one's like, oh, yeah? And then Ari and Chase show up, and then, of course, he backs down, because that's how this goes, right? So Ari and Chase... They're 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 going through with like Lori and 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 some celestial unicorns and whatnot, and then they break off and go see the Dream Speaker, and they go to the Celestial Valley, right? Which is like magic transporting like time, and so they go through this big ceremony where they become celestial bonded, which is like better than just regular bonded, which they were before. Which I'm pretty sure you need to be bonded and insured to start a business. So like celestial bonded, like is like really special i guess right so they go through this big long ceremony and it's really cool right and then uh like the chase and ari they come back but they come up through the water which was really weird it was like that part in pirates where the boat flipped over and they were in a different place uh and then finn and red and all are in a fight right with some like shadow monsters and they're like and laura's like ah where were you like where'd you go and then ari uses her like personal magic to light the scepter and it becomes really bright and it destroys all the like shadow monsters right Ah, everything is saved right so then we cut back to the the shifter in tia who is like hanging out at his crib with the snake lady and then the rider walks in the shadow rider walks in and then they figure out who the shadow rider walks in and turns out he's the kraken even though he's a spider he's spider kraken but turns out he's like the head of the bad deep magic, which they keep trying to explain to me, is not bad deep magic. It's just like the same deep magic as the old mare in the mountain, even though she's the good deep magic, but it's the same deep magic. It gets a little confusing at times. But so, like, the Shadow Rider, like, and Tia thought he was, like, helping him, but it turns out he's just, like, working for him. He's, like, the real big bad, right? He's kind of like the Emperor, and Tia was Darth Vader the whole time, right? Um, so then cut back to Ari and the rest of the rebellion, they go to find some Royal unicorns that ran off. I didn't say unicorns funny. I don't want to talk about it. I meant to say unicorns, not unicorns. They have to figure out where the Royal unicorns ran off to because they ran away instead of being turned by the, the shifter into shadow unicorns. Right. And Chase is all like, you got to go east of the sun and west of the moon. And Ari's like, I don't, I don't, I don't have a damn clue in the world what that means. It's like, what is, what is that, right? And uh, they're like, well, where would unicorns go and hide? And Chase is like, there's the Isle of the Unicorns. And everybody stares at him and is like, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, that does sound like a place, right? So then we cut back to the shifter, and he's all upset now because he realizes he's not in charge of nothing no more. He's just, you know, the number one henchman, basically. And then there's a snake lady who got demoted to, like, second henchman. So, like, since Antia doesn't really have anybody to push around, he's going to tell Kylie what to do. So he's like, Kylie, go be a spy, and here, put this poison in, you know, Chase's food. That way he'll die, right? So then we cut back to the Rebellion, and they were all talking about how Ari needs ladies-in-waiting, which I had to Google. I didn't know what that meant. But I guess it's just, like, staff. So... They're like, tell Lori that she's going to be a lady in waiting because she doesn't know what it means either, which made me feel a little better that that neither one of us knew what it was. She thought it sounded important. It's not. So she's all like, this sucks. And she hires the first person she sees, which 
doesn't want to like show her face and has this weird snaky lisp. Hmm. Wonder if it could be. Okay. Right. So then the, the new lady goes over and she messes with Chase's oats and, uh, Riuniti. I forget her name. Runetta. Uh, she's all like, get out of here. Get out of here. Whatever. Right. So then, uh, they, they Ari and Chase, they go traveling out and they go east of the sun and then there's a boat and the boat's called the moon. And I guess they stand on the west of it. So now they're east of the sun and west of the moon, right? And then there's this guy who's on the boat. His name is Captain Betlet, which goes back to that whole naming structure that we had before. Uh, and he's trying to figure out, because he knows where the royal unicorns are, but he doesn't want to tell Ari in case she's like working for the shifter. Because nobody knows what Ari looks like, which I think is buck wild that nobody's ever seen this princess before in this land. But whatever, right? They figures out that it's it's Chase and Ari and that they're there to help. So he takes them to the Isle of Unicorns, and the unicorns are about to come out and just be like, "Who goes there? We're gonna fight you." And Chase is all like, "Now, bro, it's me, and, but don't say my name." And that's apparently really hard for them because they're really excited, right? And they're all like underfed. So Chase is all like, "Here, have some of my oats." Because he doesn't know it's poison. And this thing just dives right into the oats, right? And he's like, man, there's this really weird tasting, like, almondy tasting thing right in the middle of it. Yeah. And he totally, like, almost beefs it. And then Ari's like, I don't know what to do. I should use a scepter. But if I use a scepter, then the shifter's going to know where we are. But then I got this bottle that I was told to use, you know, when it's time. Uh, but I don't know if I should use it. Uh, I don't know what to do. I'm going to use it. So she uses it, and it saves the unicorn whose name was Puzzler, right? This whole book, Ari's been questioning, who is Lincoln? I don't know why I stuck that in right there, but that's where it, that was where it went. Uh, they uh, saved the giant unicorns, but they're still underfed, and they're in no condition to fight, and then that's when they turn around and see a giant bat flying through the sky, and they're like, ah, oh, shit, the shifter's gone early, right? So they're like, we gotta go. We got to go now, right? So they go and they go. And then they see when they get to the palace that Red and Fennall, nope, Finn and Rednall, that's their names, uh, are there fighting, but they're like super overmatched. And Chase is all like, let me at him. And Ari's like, nah. And he's like, yeah, let me go. I'm going to fight him. And uh, she's like, you'll lose. And he's like, I don't care. I'm going to fight him. Uh, and she's like, nah, dude. I got a better way. And she pulls out like a laser scope and uh, points it directly at the giant bat and then puts on a veil and then uh, gets on the radio and calls in uh, a celestial unicorn airstrike, uh, which, you know, opens up this giant like bridge, this, this bright light bridge, the freaking celestial unicorns come running in and they're like, Ki! And then uh, Numenor, yeah, because the dream speaker was about to get hit by the bat and Numenor's like, Quichita! and stabs the bat, like, right in its batness. I don't even know. Um, right, so the bat shrinks away, goes away. No more in Tia, right? And Atlanta was like, mm, you only had one in the old ammo pack for airstrikes. So you're on your own now, kiddo. And then they all head back after turning like the rainbow bridge or rainbowy, right? Uh, and so they're gone. And Ari's like, man, I wish that I had maybe like, I don't know, two or three of those airstrike shots. That would have been cool. But um, so they go down there and they, they she takes prisoners because, you know, she ain't trying to kill no unicorns. 
right? Uh, all the ones that didn't run away, they, they take they take prisoners, right? And then at that moment, like back in the fiery pits of slave people, the where they were in the other book, uh, all their shackles fall off. So they're all free, and they're all like, woohoo, and they all run out, right? Uh, uh, and then, like, down at the bottom, which I don't know how he got here exactly. I don't know what exactly the Kraken did, because the Kraken was a giant spider, like, earlier in the book. But somehow now he went to hell. And so this is the part where he's actually climbing out of hell and his little bony hand reaches up and he's like, and he's like, "Uh, well, I'll do it. I'll do it myself. I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was basically that. And that's where he left off. Yeah. And I can't, I can't wait to start reading book eight. I want to know what happens. I can very much see the newspapers talk about how uh, Ari reclaiming the throne has caused ecological disaster (laughs) because the Valley of Fears, like, ecological (laughs) biome completely changed in eight hours. (laughs) Okay, so the one thing that's been, like, on me, like, I'm like, cool, right? Like, aside from the fact that somehow the spider was in hell... Like somehow, somehow off screen, this spider went from being in front of Antia to being in hell and climbing out as a bony person. Like I don't know exactly how all that happens, but we'll put all that aside for a minute. The thing that's getting me is Lincoln, right? So Lincoln all of a sudden just shows up as dog, and everybody's like, "What's with this dog?" And dog's like completely committed. That's her dad, right? That's her dad. Like, don't tell me if it is or don't tell me if it isn't. But if it's not her dad, it's her brother. <laughs> Like, I'm convinced that this guy, he, like, totally was like, ah, shit, the shifter took mom and dad, and they took my other brother, I gotta get out of here. So he wild-shaped into a dog and jumped through to Glacier Farm Bay, right? And so he's just been parading as a dog until Ari defeats, which, why wouldn't he on wild shape and help? I don't know, but he's helping, so he's still doing something, so he's not a bad guy. I just don't know why he's helping as a dog. He's holding out in case Ari yeah. loses. He can transform and be like, "Tis I, the new heir." <laughs> what if he got the Escafil device? Only it doesn't work the same. It doesn't give you the power to morph. You just morph when you're holding the Escafil device, and then he lost the Escafil oh, device. Which yeah. so that's an animorphs joke. Now he'll be left on an island forever right. with his mournful <laughs> howls echoing across the echoing across I, through the air. I love that I, I go with the deep Animorphs cut and then Alex has to jump one one bit deeper into the David trilogy Look, of Animorphs. That horrified me. I've referenced that like eight times just in conversations I've had with Alex just because it, tro- it, it rooted in my brain and stayed there. It was like the first concept of existential dread I've ever had. That was my I have no mouth and I must scream. I have no human form and I must hoot. <laughs> I'm going to quote that from now on. I have no human form and I must hoot. So one of the things that I really liked and, and, and liked is like with an asterisk, I found it funny how very clearly like Mary Stanton wanted this to be return of the King. Like there's this one bit in particular where she's like, for my mother, for my father, for my brothers, for Balinor. And then they all <laughs> cheer and then they're like going after stuff. And then the thing that's great is that the ne- like afterwards they're like, the royal palace was theirs. With a curse, the shifter swept the bowl to the tower floor, which leads me to see the shifter 
who, for the record, I'm just imagining is movie Voldemort now, like a combination <laughs> between movie Voldemort and Entamon from Digimon, because I'm still convinced that that's what the shifter Ray looks finds like. playing Entamon. Fuck! And then, like, just yeeting the bowl off like he's in a dramatic TikTok. Because for some reason, if this was, again, Netflix, if you make my series, this would be PG-13, so it's allowed one F-bomb. And that would be it. Oh, no, it's 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 Ray Fiennes from In Bruges. Oh. It, it's 100% that he just slaps the, oh, the, no. the bowl away and his wife walks in and is like, don't slap the ball, it's an inanimate object. And he turns around and is just like, you're an inanimate object! That's exactly how it goes. And then he apologizes later. No, you, you say you keep seeing Return of the King. I keep seeing uh, Return of the Jedi. That's what, like, even right at the end where Kraken is down at the bottom of the pit, I was like, is that where Darth threw you there? Their emperor. See, I am I am a Lord of the Rings person infinitely more than I am a Star Wars person. <laughs> Josh would be all day about the Star Wars stuff where I'm sitting here like, would anybody would anybody like my thoughts on why it's significant <laughs> that 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 Galadriel gave hair to Gimli despite the fact that that's odd? Significant. That was extremely significant. Extremely. <laughs> yeah, she gave him three. It was notable. <sighs> Just, just saying like that's, there's this TikToker I follow and her whole shtick is that she watches Lord of the Rings and then just like keeps turning to camera being like, did you know that Aragorn broke his foot in the scene and they decided <laughs> to keep it? Or like, then they turn around. Did you know that that's not actually in the book and that this is what happens instead? And I'm like, Oh, with me. <laughs> and everything that I'm not Brianna is like, she's going to be sitting here. Did you, like page 322 in the Silmarillion and it's like if you made it to page 322 in the Silmarillion uh, that's that's a terrifying level of commitment I don't even know how many pages there are in the Silmarillion like 800 (laughs) there's so fucking many many. (laughs) I I tried so hard I made it like a quarter of the way through and I was like I'm fucking done the Silmarillion's written kind of like an info dump like more than it is a book Like, Tolkien's just like, and here is other things that are significant. And it's like, homie, could you have this in a narrative structure that makes sense? <laughs> no, it's like, it's like, Please? it's like for people who like to read manuals. And I am people. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate manual of being a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we were talking about one of the, you know, cornerstones of fantasy novels, um, Night of the Shifter Moon, and then we got distracted <laughs> talking about Lord of the Rings. Very little-known book, Lord of the Rings. Uh, it's a little bit more of a niche book, yeah. but I can see the influences. Clearly, uh, Mary Stanton had some like deep-cut fantasy novel knowledge because she uh, was clearly inspired. <clears throat> inspired no. by Lord of the Rings for this book. Did y'all seriously not think... Okay, maybe you didn't think Hidden Fortress at the beginning of this book, but did you not think R2-D2 and C-3PO walking through the desert? Because that's immediately what I went... But that's not immediately what I went to. Oh, I thought of Rusty and Duncan. That's just... (laughs) Duncan sitting there talking shit, and Rusty's like, oh yeah, go tell him. Go tell him, I dare you. It's accurate. I just like... I just like that because talking about how their names are like Bayberry and Snowdrop, I just like how we've decided between like... This and My Little Pony 
and warrior cats that we've all agreed on how animals name themselves. <laughs> like, we all have a consistent agreement between those things on how animals decide that animals are named. Mm-hmm. I feel like there should be an example that turns us on this ear, on its ear, but there's, there's really not. Peter Rabbit. Yeah, I bet you Peter Rabbit didn't name himself, though. No, that was a Peter Rabbit is the name that he like gives to tax collectors. His actual name <laughs> is like Radish Runner, <laughs> Carrot Swiper. The apocalypse is coming down around my house right now. <laughs> oh no! I thought we went from Radish Runner, comma Carrot Swiper, Oxford, comma the apocalypse. <laughs> Yeah, see, what you don't know is that Peter Rabbit, you you think he's a child, but really he's a young soldier that just came back from war. Uh, He was known for unleashing hell upon his enemies. So he became known as Radish Runner the Apocalypse. (laughs) Which in no way sounds like a subpar Crash Bandicoot ripoff. (laughs) Oh, okay. Can I bring up two things about the book? May I ask? May I talk about this book? May I talk about this book in this book podcast? <laughs> I, I could, I could not. I could take it or leave it. Quite honestly, um, Tim. To your point of it's weird that nobody knows what Ari looks like. That guy said he had met her before when she was like a baby. When she was like a young son. child, he knew her hair color, her eye color, and what her mom looked like. Her hair color and eye color, I believe, are both respectively brown. Yeah, but and what her mom looks like. Shockingly, I'm not. If you showed me Jenna's mom in a lineup, I don't know that I could pick yeah, her out. Like, yeah, you could. Yeah, you could. Okay. Yeah, you could. I'm gonna send you five photos, and you tell me which one is my mom, and you'll get it right. But like, no one can pick up what she looks like because she looks like every generic horse girl protagonist. But she lived, I guess, like in her room and never left. Because nobody hey, that knows is what this person... that is a reasonable and acceptable yes, lifestyle, yeah, Tim. Tim. I don't want to hear nothing. Fuck off, Tim. <laughs> don't you come for me where I live, literally. <laughs> yeah, that was the part that was just nuts. I'm like, how does nobody know? Nobody. Like, she went to Glacier Farms for, like, I don't know, a few months while her legs healed. Glacier River Farm. Glacier River Farm, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, what was that? Glacier River Farm. There you go, crushing it. Okay. <laughs> and not Glacier Farm Bay. Glacier Farm. That's Gl- what I keep wanting Glacier to say. Glacier Farm Bay. I was I very much like, okay, sure. sure. That's, where we That's where we're going. Um, I do. I I really appreciate that. Um, instead of making it an undertone, like it has been in the for the rest of the book series. In this one, she just straight up had them get fucking married. Um. That was my favorite part of this book was the horse to young girl marriage. Yeah, that's that is what that was. They're like, you must be celestial bond. And I'm like, I see what you're doing mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is this literally is war veil. Shit- yeah. This is just shitting on my Lori slash Ari ship that I developed in the last book. They're like, oh, you think they should be together? It's still going to be the horse. Yeah, but the the horse could still beef it in the next book, and it could still recover, right? Uh, that's true. Yeah, we must marry protagonist, generic protagonist to Chad Horse. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I'm gonna get a horse and name him Chad. Leading in though to like Sun Chasers, like the fight 
and Ari being like, no, and he'd be like, come on, fight. Um, I know that they talked about, like, reading about, like, Entia getting murked, um, and them talking about, like, all the celestial unicorns stabbing him to death, uh, which, let's not, let's not, this is a scholastic children's book, and a character gets stabbed to death with head horns, um, I know that they were saying that, like, he was shrinking, like, Pennywise at the end of It, but I was just imagining them stabbing him into paste, because I didn't (laughs) read it correctly the first time around, and I was like, oh, God, it's really graphic, and then I reread it, I went, oh, oh, that would make more sense, yeah, that's, uh, that's way less Game of Thrones, cool. Okay, hold on, now you just sort of reshaped something else here. Like, we've seen the Lord of the Rings parallels. We've seen the Return of the Jedi parallels. Now we have the It parallels, because Kraken turns into big old spider. Yeah, that, like, if, like, if you want to go with the Lord of the Ring parallels, that ties in again with the Kraken and Shelob. That's true. Like, I feel like, when when did this come out? Okay, this didn't, this didn't come out anywhere near the Peter Jackson Return of the King, but it did come out near the Rankin-Bass animated Return of the King. <laughs> oh, shit. It sure did, didn't it? It did, it did. Uh, I think I think the Rankin-Bass Return of the King came out in, like, 88 or something. Hold on, hold on. So the only people that I've ever heard in my life say the name Shelob have both been named Alex, and I don't know what to do with that. 1980. Wait, what do you say? I've just never heard anybody else mention. They always just say the spider from Lord of the Rings. There, it's like a very like. There's a level of nerd you have to be to know the name of the spider from Lord of the Rings. Hasn't named him. (laughs) Also, uh, so side note, but this came up in my brain. Uh, A Lord of the Rings Magic: The Gathering set just came out, um, and one of the things that you can get is a token to generate food, which is like a kind of artifact you can use. One of the food tokens is an orc wrapped up in Shelob's webs. Oh, and I was like, oh, I hate this. (laughs) But yeah, I I always thought that Shelob was a very memorable name because it's a good name for a spider. Do they ever say Shelob's name in the movie? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do they? Okay. Yeah, it's like it's like one of the orcs, I think, like kind of in a throwaway conversation. I wondered if that's how you could separate people who've read the book from the movie. No, I think Bye. I think you get Shelob's name in the animated movie, the live action movie, and the book. Tom Bombadil is really the way to separate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes movie sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tom Bombadil. No, no. The real way, because everybody knows somebody who mentioned that Tom Bombadil's not in the movie. Tom Bombadil's ridiculously hot wife. Yes. That's how you find. Yes. That's yeah. the line. And the, the fact stand. that they're just crazy nudists. It's like you go to the woods and it's like, it, it, it's almost like a DM who wanted their OC to show up in the game just somehow. And so they had him just be like, this throwaway encounter that they had, and then he sings a whole bunch, and then they leave. Is Tom Bombadil really a nudist? Or did Jenna just do that to to mess with me? Did I, Tim? I Tim, mean, did I? I don't know. I, there's no way for me to know right now. Yeah, you forgot about the side stories that uh, Tolkien wrote <laughs> with, like, the really graphic sex scenes. Yeah, those are all... <laughs> They didn't make it into the Jackson adaptation, but they are concerningly in the Rankin Pass animated editions. 
Did you ever wonder why they went from doing The Hobbit to Return of the King and didn't do Fellowship or Two Towers? It's because those two books are so graphic, they had to leave them on the cutting room floor. They could only release Hobbit and Return of the King. Was Tom Bombadil in the animated one, though? Tom Bombadil has been cut out of every adaptation they have ever done because as interesting as he is as a character and as many like questions as he like opens about the world at large, he doesn't do anything for the actual (laughs) plot of the story. He does nothing. Buck wild considering the ring does not affect him at all. Like he's very clearly like, essentially a god and he's like oh that's neat anyway time for more songs about me like the only other character that it actively mentions is not tempted by the ring is faramir and they ignore that in the movie adaptations yeah i don't remember that being a thing faramir's literally like i'd leave it on the side I wouldn't even pick it up if it was on the side of the road. I'm not touching it. Whereas like in the movie, he like stares at it and it is like creepy and weird in a way that Faramir isn't ever in the books. Guys, we spent so much time talking about Lord of the Rings instead of unicorns. So, so Faramir doesn't, doesn't care about the ring. Boromir did want the ring though. Didn't he? So here is the, the, the way that I've heard it mostly explained in a way that I really liked is that Aragorn is everything that humanity could be. And Boromir was everything humanity is. So oh, no. Okay. Boromir wanted the ring because Boromir had the, frankly, let's be real, logical thought, if we took the ring, we could weaponize it against Mordor because he's thinking mostly in the interests of Gondor rather than the entirety of Middle-earth because Gondor has been getting its ass handed to it because it's like right where Mordor is. Like it is like they are very very close together. So every time that like the orcs come pushing forward, guess who gets absolutely blasted? Because it's Gondor. So Boromir being the son of the steward of Gondor was like, "Hey, let's take the ring and use it against this huge asshole who's been absolutely obliterating my hometown." And everybody's like, "No, no, no. No, we need to take this and throw it away. We need to throw it away super hard. We need to throw it so far away it can never be recycled. And he's like, well, that's kind of bullshit. And then he gets shot to death by a bunch of orcs. So is that why Faramir, it was because Faramir saw what happened to Vormir? That's why he didn't have the pull? Faramir just doesn't have the kind of... so. And, and Alex, fight me on this if 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 I've got this wrong, please. But from my understanding of it, the ring takes the darkness that exists in someone's heart already and twists it and like amplifies it. Faramir just doesn't have it. He just does not have that kind of dark in him. So Faramir was like a crunchy hippie, is what you're saying. He's clean eating down into <laughs> his soul. Yes, he's like. His whole arc, as far as like I, from what I have heard and read and blah, 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 is just that his dad loved Boromir so hard and fucking thought he was such a worthless piece of shit so hard that Faramir's like, I'm just going to go be like a person that exists in the world that just does good because like I'm not worth anything. So I might as well just be a good dude. And like, that's it. He was just abused so hard. He's great. Oh, 
Which is why him ending up with Eowyn is like, yes, mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm, good. Mm-hmm. Eowyn, who can't read, as was <laughs> recently brought up again. <laughs> Sorry. Makes me happy. Welcome it's to great. our Unicorns of Balinor slash Lord of the Rings <laughs> podcast. The only thing I've seen her get like, like more into talking about Anonymous Alex is Jurassic Park. That's not true. What about Animorphs? <laughs> that, that, you Animorphs have a whole is its Animorphs own category. Podcast. And I was waiting for you to, when, when, uh, Boromir was talking about, like Boromir's here, when Boromir was talking about weaponizing the ring, I was just waiting for you to mention the G. No, okay, no, because. Alex, remind me to get you a copy of Dinosaur Sanctuary, by the way. Okay, I will call you and I will buy it from you, if acceptable. Oh, you're just gonna, you're just gonna get it. I'm just gonna send it to you. Because it's essentially fan fiction of life after Jurassic Park with people trying to make like a zoo, like an actual zoo for dinosaurs and try to clean up all the bad PR. That sounds so good. It's a very wholesome manga. I've been not to like go weirdly hard into real life. I've been having a great time this week with the whole like Ocean Gate thing and being like, this is the plot of Jurassic Park. Just so we're all clear, this yeah. is the plot of Jurassic Park and being like, let's do a comparison. Yeah. That's okay. Me. So you were about to talk about the Chi. Yeah. I was about to say how, how the whole Boromir thing and the Chi thing are two completely different things because the Chi were literally like, Hey, I can do this all powerful thing. They got the thing and then they said, actually, this hurts me emotionally. And because I have a perfect memory because I'm a robot, I'll remember it forever. Whereas you five children will die one day. So why don't you take all the PTSD, you fucking idiots? So that's the whole chief thing. Whereas Boromir was like, hey, I will take this ring and I will just use it as a weapon with my whole kingdom to stop getting completely fucked. And the only reason we're still standing here is because of the weird structure wall thing that we have. Cause we've built into a cliff face, like the two different scenarios. Okay. Completely so, different. <laughs> so you have a, a much higher opinion of Boromir than you ever would that she, I mean, yes, but I like also my opinion, opinion of Boromir. Like, he had the redemption arc at the Mm -hmm. end. I don't have the highest opinion of Boromir. I'm not saying he's, like, the pinnacle of everything we should aspire to be. But, like, when you're comparing him to the Chi, yeah, yeah, those are radically different. Well, the problem that Boromir gets is he keeps getting compared to Aragorn. When Aragorn Aragorn is literally, like, what human... Aragorn is Superman. Like, that's, like, he is Mm -hmm. what humanity should ideally be. And Boromir is, like what humanity is and hum and and for the record tolkien who was a very you know who went through a lot of trauma he still was like even the parts of humanity that suck and can be selfish and short-sighted even then people are still going to show up they're still going to be self-sacrificing they're still going to be good and at the end of it they still ultimately like are trying to do the right thing and it's like, okay, like, I, I don't know, like, I don't know that I'm going to go full apologist, but I am of the Boromir gets shat on by the fan community in a way that he shouldn't. Like, look, if liter- if if Satan's bath sponge was, like, constantly talking and you're like, hey, you want to know what would save the lives of everyone you love? Using me. Just, just, you know, see this, see this eight-year-old who's carrying me around? What if you took me? From this eight-year-old and used it to save everyone you love. Like, Satan, I wouldn't also be like, okay, Satan's bath sponge. 
do this together. I'll, I'll wrest this from an eight-year-old. <laughs> Satan's bath sponge. So it, it's it's one of my my favorite pastime activities uh, is to to make up stuff that Alex hates. Uh, like I, I would tell everybody that uh, like, she's not a big fan of the chi, but I would tell everybody that she's a chi apologist. And I just let that little rumor fester. So I was going to start a rumor about her being a Boromir apologist, but it sounds like she's a little too middle of the fence for it. She's not, I, I don't know. She'd just be like, okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like completely yeah. neutral yeah. Yeah. opinion what... on the Muppets has led to I, the yeah. worst <laughs> fucking, <laughs> fucking frenzy. <laughs> Uh, God no! Sorry. I don't know why I keep being like. Here's a dumb side thing. Eventually, we're going to descend into never talking about. Hello, this book. have you like, ever <laughs> listened to this show before? <laughs> so the Muppets. Uh, fun fact: when they appear um, on shows and stuff like that, they are so realistic, like in terms of like how they emote and how they speak and everything, that they keep running into audio problems because they'll mic the Muppet and not the person <laughs> controlling the Muppet. There was one time that the person who was like doing, who was like controlling Kermit, uh, somebody was talking to him and Kermit like looked down and was like, I need you to understand that I can't hear you. You need to direct the questions to the guy under me. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just, I I just like that there is still magic in the world. And that is something there is, there is parts of the world where the Muppets are real human beings in the minds of people working with them. And that is if they are visible. You can see the person under them and you're still like, oh, what an odd set of legs you have. <laughs> so, uh, final note on Unicorns of Valador. No, wait, uh, I have another note too, okay, damn okay, it. Okay, what, what's your other note? What's your other note? No, you go first. You started. No, no I was just going to oh, segue into the next thing. Yeah, okay, I was going to call blood. Um, so, they have their single airstrike. Uh, of the unicorns of the the dreamscape of land. Stabenor. <laughs> unicorns of Stabenor. Um, why did they bother to manufacture all of those armor sets and also train for months on end for a singular airstrike? Do you not just think they could have just freestyled no. it? I think they know that that wasn't going to be the end of it. Okay, and Atalanta is just like... I think they like, know it's still coming. Yeah, she... she, she she got a good idea what's happening here. She knew. She knew he wasn't the big bad. I do wonder if the spider is going to fight the old mayor of the mountain. In like a big kaiju fight? Yeah, is that is that what we're building and towards? the whole time it's just sitting there going, quit hitting yourself, quit hitting yourself, quit hitting yourself. <laughs> no, Jenna, Jenna. The boulder is not amused. <laughs> oh. oh, that's really funny. In, in full-on Mick Foley voice. Oh, that's so good. Hell yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, I kind of can't wait. I, I do. I am firm. I firmly believe that the old mayor of the mountain is finally going to come out and it's going to like pull out a lightsaber and kick, you know, a corn saber or, or, or maybe it'll pull out. Maybe it'll pull out its asthma medicine uh, and then spray it directly on What's the spider. Magic battery acid from the, <laughs> from the, from the watching pool in, in, in the celestial valley. And it's going to melt your face off. <laughs> so unicorns of Balinor, the greatest combination of star Wars, Lord of the Rings, and it you'll ever find in a scholastic <laughs> children's book under 200 pages. Well, under 200 pages, it's like 114. <laughs> 
This is my preferred method for consuming it content. Is <laughs> it's the clownless kind? I, the, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, I prefer no clown. I agree. Um, okay, so I don't know if I just uh, uh, talked about my my guesses, but old mare fights Kraken, okay. and Link is brother slash father, brother or father. Thank you, thank He's you for my that brother. clarification. Yeah. My father, my brother, <laughs> my father. One thing did happen in this book that hasn't happened in a while. We got to a horse term that I didn't know what it meant. They talked a few times about the muse, M-E-W-S. And I have no idea what a muse is. It was a place they went to. It's my favorite and legendary talk about the Pokemon. <laughs> muse and muse too. Um, I really so, like the uh, music. <laughs> oh, that's a good one too. Uh, apparently, muse is a little fountain of puns. But uh, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I didn't. I couldn't even get a guess out of this. It's just I a place. I am so excited for this term. Okay. Uh, and they said the the royal muse. Uh huh. And huh? I was like, what, what is it? What does it mean? I'm so excited for this term. Um, and because I think it is a Mary Stanton fuck up. So, um, <laughs> perfect. Also great start to this podcast. Everybody. I see you all got my mental memo to talk about birds and horses because muse are a term I have only heard in reference to keeping ox, uh, ox. Wow. Owls, hawks, falcons. Uh, they <clears throat> live in muse, which are the cages that they stay in. That's their place where they live. So I looked into this cause I'm like, okay, so I know what a muse is. I know when they're saying the Royal muse in this book, in the context, it means the places where the horses are kept. That is like the stable is what they're trying to say. So I started looking into this cause I'm like, okay, have muse ever been referred to with horses, blah, blah, blah. So muse is a term specifically for birds that comes from birds molting. They were mewing is when they would molt. Okay. That's like an old timey term. So the mews were where they kept them. Now, if you look up the Royal Muse, it does also bring up the livery, which is where they keep the horses, the stables, blah, blah, blah. Everything is there, like all in the same place, which is where I think Mary Stant's confusion came from, because this is not actually a correct term for where horses are kept. Now, it could just be, I'm doing a unicorn's thing. They're like birds. But I think genuinely <laughs> she fucked it up. And they're nesting boxes. <laughs> where they, they lose all their weird hairs and everything. Yeah. I think she fucked up and she I got confused. I don't think she did. Okay. Oh, because oh. at Buckingham Palace, the place where they keep the horses, all of the stables that are interconnected is called the Royal Muse. Um, and it it, yeah. it has nothing to do with birds. But they, they do have like sectioned out into like all the different areas within the Muse. So that's why I was thinking like, I think she just met, she Googled all of it and was like, all of this, all of this is Muse. Well, that's Muse to me. I got disappointed face for that one just for <laughs> you listening. See, I just I've never seen Jenna, Jenna and Alex be like, no, I disagree. It's like, oh God, this is unprecedented for me. Into a play about tiny birds with little newspapers that they were handing out. Musies. Musies. Musies, yeah. That's what I was I was trying to work that one in. I couldn't quite get there. Very amusing. Oh, that's good. That's good. Okay. So what do you have for unicorn news, Alex? I have genuine, actual unicorn news. But let me move my screen. There we go. I just want to see all your faces while I tell you these terrible things. Oh, okay. No. Oh, God. It's, it's actually great things because, again, we have a guest. We're not going terrible. <laughs> Thank you. In Bristol, in the UK, there is, a, I'm 
learning these things called trails or walks, which is where when they have some sort of fundraiser, they get a bunch of sculptures and they set them up on a trail where you can then like find a map with a bunch of pins and go visit them all. So starting in July and ending in September this year, they're having a unicorn fest, which is a sculpture trail where you can go and find like 60 sculptures. And it is in lowercase right here. This is the first part of it. It's to celebrate part of the 650th anniversary of Bristol um, to celebrate like when it became part its own county, I guess is what it is. But uh, more importantly, it's actually raising a bunch of money for leukemia care. So it's like a big fundraiser thing where all of these artists come in and they paint all these sculptures, they put them on the trail. And then I guess like they auction them or raise money somehow. And they, they donate it all to leukemia care. I want to do this. This sounds legitimately super cool. It seems super cool. And like, they are all like painted on by artists. So like all the unicorns are very different and unique and cool. And they have like, they have uh, artists, like they name dropped Inky and Jenny Urquhart. Uh, and then they had like one that children did as well from, um, St. Werber's park nursery school. So like they have a ton of these things. It looks really cool. Hey listener, if you get two friends to donate to our Patreon and then they get two friends to donate to our Patreon, we'll take cool pictures with unicorn statues and probably put your name somewhere on the picture. I was like, I, I betting, betting good, hard, uh, money, that Jenna has already Googled this and has priced it out and is trying to figure out how to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine the plane tickets are probably the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I can fucking get to Bristol. It'll happen. Then like a single bucket with like a paddle. and she's just- <laughs> No, the Atlantic Ocean has claimed too much. <laughs> or not enough. That- I was about to say, why did that sound like, like some of your possessions were part of that <laughs> jenna's former life as like a, a wizened sea captain that has lost his love to the sea just sort of reawakened in her bones for a second <laughs> exactly what happened oh fuck i gotta go take pictures with these unicorns come on man these are like kind of snazzy i like the tiger unicorn yeah he's cool mm-hmm. it's actually like kind of jazzy they're kind of really great they're also like horse size like these are big statues yeah yeah if i get left alone near one for too long i'm riding it i was about to say i want to ride one they have like artist kits we could sign you up jenna and you could ride it to your heart's content and then paint it or but vice versa if they're gonna auction this and it's for leukemia research don't we have sort of an obligation to try and get one kind of yeah I don't want to know what the shipping is going to cost, but yes, I don't. we're going to have to like get a boat. We're going <laughs> to we door dash this guys. I've got dash pass. Like that was cool. Unicorn news. Yeah, that's delightful. I, I like yeah. this positive unicorn news and not sad unicorn news. I don't know that there's like the sad unicorn news is all like, ooh, here's a tech bro who called his startup unicorn. Like, there, there's not real sad actual <laughs> unicorn news. Alex just stares at I'll me unblinkingly, like, sad unicorn news. Unicorns aren't real. And then I cry. <laughs> and then she hits my lunch tray out of my hands. <laughs> not before taking your chocolate milk carton. My school had cosmic brownies. I would have gone for that first. Where are you? Well, I didn't know, because I would as well. 
<laughs> also, I'm flipping through some of this just to like, I like that Kylie's undercover name is Kylian. I just, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. who'd have thunk? It's like Entia went undercover and his name was not Entia. <laughs> My favorite fucking part of that is that, like, her literal neighbor didn't get it. Did you did you hear when they said that she had, like, tons of, like, powdered makeup on her face? Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking it was just actual snake face. Like, I don't know if this is how it actually was. And so she just took makeup and molded it on her face to try and look like a human. That was how I sort of, like, saw it. Tim, when we're at Dragon Con, I'm going to bring my cosplay makeup. I'm going to open the box and put it in front of you, and I'm going to make you show me how that would work. <laughs> I've seen I've seen the animated Batman Adventures. I know that Clayface is a thing. I'm gonna I, I want you to show me how you think <laughs> that works. My favorite oh. part about all of that was Tim said, Did you guys hear as if like we're <laughs> Like in some sort of weird gossipy, like, did you hear this lady? We're part of the Balinor elite. Balinor gossip girls. That's what we need to start. <laughs> Just us XO, talking XO. shit about different unicorns. Okay, Jenna. XOXO and a horseshoe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Shapes you can make out of lucky charms for 300, Alex. I just need to bid on one of these unicorns. It's killing me. How much is are the bids? I don't I can't even find out. Yeah, I don't know if they're doing it till September, till like the end of the walk. God oh god, it. no, is it a silent auction? No. <sighs> I prefer that. They have a unicorn painting workshop. We should do that. That sounds we fun. should. That sounds fun. Let's pull up that. There's a whole info package about it. We should pull that up and do it as horse girls. Well, why don't we do a horse quiz first? Oh, we yeah, we a can unicorn do that. quiz. We could do that. We could we could do a unicorn quiz. Let's do a unicorn quiz. Let me pull up my notes. Are you ready? Yes. For unicorn number one, I am. I'm not because I still haven't pulled up my notes. There we go. This one is a quadruped with a short coat, lengthening around the hooves and at the mane and tail, like an old timey unicorn. <laughs> a goat. A, a, a goat. Yes. One of those Barbie unicorns with the really long manes. Now I'm going to need another clue. At around 120 centimeters, it is one of the larger uh, of its species. We're going to call it species. Type of thing? Beings. Unicorns. I mean... Tim just saying what the rest of us are too afraid to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not giving it to you. Okay, give me give me another clue then. It's a tall, it's a tiny unicorn, but tall for being a tiny unicorn is what oh. I got. They are well known for the pride they take in their appearance and can spend hours on grooming and choosing accessories. It's My Little Pony. No. What's a My Little Pony type unicorn? What is that? Owls. They're, they're just My called little... unicorns. There's unicorns, <laughs> earth ponies, and then there's pegasi and alicorns. But you can only be an alicorn if you're royalty. Okay, but what what kind of little toys did did they make that were unicorns? They were called My Little Pony. Were they still? Yeah, they didn't. Did My Little Ponies have horns? Uh, no, some of them did, and some, some of them because some of them were unicorns, some of them were horses, and some of them were pegasi. All right, but I feel like we're in the the, the right neighborhood. I feel like these are. I'm seriously drawing a blank. 
They're also very inquisitive pets who like to know everything that is going on around them. What is this from? Are they real? <laughs> is this a Neopets thing? Oh, sh- is this a uh, Neopet thing? Uh, t- it's a t- Tamagotchi? What, what, I forget what are, the Neopet stuff we talked about. It was the, the online thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember the names of any of the horse Neopets. I only remember, like, Galerts and Aishas and Poogles. Neopets is still active. I guarantee you there's, like, one person who's like, it's called this, you uncultured <laughs> swine. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll steal their portion of omelet for the day if they don't stop. Make them have to go to the soup kitchen. The soup fairy. Yeah, go to the soup fairy, nerd. I, for Halloween one year, went as the battle fairy, so I I can't say literally anything. <laughs> nice. All right, so so we've, it's a Neopet unicorn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have literally no idea. It's so easy. It's just so easy. Yeah, because its name's going to be super close to unicorn or something like that. Like, it's going to be like... Unicorn. I I have not put anything in, but I can get Google up and ready in milliseconds to look this up. (laughs) Lunahorn? Horn? Horn? It's like... Horn? Acorn or something like that, like but spelled weird. Like it's it's super close. A horn, not a horn. Horatio Hornblower. Oh, <laughs> I think Alex is giving the universal. I'm ready to Google sign, which is magic finger. And go. Uni. Yeah. <laughs> Dead Stop. ass. Called Was it uni. really? Yeah. <laughs> I told you. Jesus. That's a Pegasus, right? No, it's an Alicorn. Alicorn has the horn, right? We yes. determined that. An Alicorn is a Pegasus. That's an Alicorn. When I was a child, I was insistent that they were called a Unisys because Alicorn did not make sense to me. <laughs> I agree. You are correct. I'm so angry as somebody who spent way too much time on Neopets as a child that I could not remember this. <sighs> I've forgotten my training. Are you ready for unicorn number two? Yes. Unicorn number two was a pure white unicorn who wandered the Korath desert with Siri for a few days. If this is a Witcher thing, I have no idea. Roach? It's not Roach. Roach. Roach 2.0? Yeah, Roach Roach with wings. Roach with horn. Unicorn horn roach. Horned roach. <laughs> no, at that point it's called a stag beetle. Hey, they're not roaches. Well, you think of a name of a bug with a horn that would work. That's a roach. Uh, I have no idea what the unicorn from The Witcher would be called. Flat horned hisser. Um, anyway, that's Siri the name of the unicorn. Him. No, Siri uh. saved him after he was poisoned by a sand monster by using the force found in the element of fire. Oh, that's um. Something Jennifer had expressly forbidden her. To, I'm going to All right. You, we're we're going to Google on this one. Nobody knows any Witcher. Kyle McLaughlin. I can't wait to hear who says this. Let's go. And go. Oh, that's not correct. Um, That's not correct. Um, one oh, my horn? God. What? Yeah, it's not one horn. One horn is an L. <laughs> Say it again. Come on. Uh, Ihuara quacks. We're going to say that's it. 
<laughs> like, don't worry, Alex, you'll get that headgear taken off soon enough. It's I H U A R R A Q U A X. Did you so, say wait, that? I H A I H U A R R A Q U A X. Horrorquacks. I heard a quacks. All right. Are you guys ready for? Oh, nope. Tim's not. No, no, I'm, I'm not, not sure I'm ready for anything. Because I found a site that, that will tell you how to Iwara pronounce quacks. this. Iwara quacks? I, okay. That's what it says in the, in the audiobook. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. We'll go with that. That doesn't make it correct. Nope. I like it. It works. Unicorn number three is a white unicorn with a golden horn, mane, tail, and hooves, and two pink hearts on his nostrils. That's a My Little Pony. Nope. Nope. What? What? Nope. I don't know. Two pink hearts on his nostrils? That sounds like a My Little Pony thing. Have you ever seen a My Little Pony? The cutie mark is on their, their flank. Oh, all right. Care Bears didn't have unicorns, did they? They were probably all bears. Name like Care Bears, I can see how there's a lot of room for questions. The heart on its nostril, is it like in or like the shape? Like what? What? It's it, the nostrils are in the shape of hearts. Okay. Okay. Got it. Uh, there was a lion Care Bear, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's not a Care Bear, but yeah. What was he? Air Am lion? I making that up? Clearly, he was a Care Lion. He's from South Carolina. Yeah. Okay. Heart nose, gold stuff on white. Mm-hmm. 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 The, um, they were called Care Bear Cousins. Thank you. His little elephant and yeah, yeah. Other other really cute things. I was obsessed. This unicorn first appears in Bonnie's room. That's so not helpful. Who the shit is Bonnie? Bonnie Bryant. Did she write Heartland? No, not Heartland. The other one, Saddle Club. This is a weird yeah. Five Nights at Freddy's reference. Ooh, maybe that's it. The Indian in the cupboard, maybe? No. This is Bonnie's Bonnie Anderson. That doesn't help me. Tim, you didn't even earn that haircut. Uh, fair. Wow, it's one of the only movies I've seen. Wow, Tim. <laughs> wow. I've seen Fargo. Do do you know how often? Okay, so like going back to the Fargo thing, there was one time I don't even remember if this podcast or a different podcast, but Alex said the goof, "Would you Fargo me? I'd Fargo me." And I <laughs> I quote that literally like four times All a day because it's the funniest sentence I've ever and heard it in makes my me life. Snort almost every yeah. single time. <laughs> Let it go, Alex. They're too far gone. <laughs> uh, oh God. This unicorn and Trixie welcome the cowboy nicely while Mr. Pricklepants shushes all of them. I beg your pardon? After their playtime with with Bonnie, this unicorn and the others see the cowboy trying to leave. Is this Toy Story? Yeah, is it Woody? Is Jenna having a stroke? I don't know. Mr. Bricklepants sounds like really upset. I feel like maybe I'm having a okay, stroke. Woody explains that he already belongs to someone named Andy. Okay, okay got it. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's the unicorn. It's it's Bonnie's unicorn from Toy Story the three. Yes, Toy Story three. Yeah. Uh, what? What's Mr. his name? Pr- he, it's the it's the there was the 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 pedgehog with the leader hosen 
and the they have a My Neighbor Totoro reference in the back, and then there's I don't, I don't know, Mister Bingley. Like I, I have no it's gonna idea. Be like, it's got to be like Sparkle something, right? Spark, hey. Sparkle Martians. I've never seen this movie. So this is on all of you now because I've never seen this movie. I don't remember. I may not have seen the third one if that's the one with the unicorn. Yeah, I, I know I, I thought can, I'd seen I the third one. I draw you this unicorn and I have no clue what its name is. I, I think Sparkle Nuts is a good guess. Okay. Glitter it's, it's something? Not it. Glitter is good. Glitter's good. Okay. Sparkle something. No, we did sparkle, glitter, shine. Is it Rainbow. like snowball or snowflake or something? Oh, it could be. Mm. Are we like in, like, are we on a path or are we totally off course? I, I know mean, what it is. I just don't remember its name. I would say it's a, it's a very, it, it's very much a horsey name. Apples. <laughs> Sparkle uh, biscuit. Sparkle biscuit. <laughs> no. Pona's a good trigger. Oh, that's a good no. one too. It's very much a- Liberty Sparkle no. Liberty Cowboy Doctor Hoofin Smarts. <laughs> <laughs> so silver. No brownie. Please let me look this up. Mate, yeah, okay, all right, okay. all right, fine, and go. <laughs> Apparently, Duncan is also looking with you. Buttercup. 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 Yeah. Nope. Now that I see Buttercup, maybe I have seen that one. I've never seen this in my life. I did not notice horse or heart nostrils before. Guys, plushes of this this guy are very expensive. Are they really? Yeah. Oh Lord. You can get it's um you know the ears, the mouse ears that people that go to Disneyland wear? Yeah, mm-hmm. you can get themed ones of those to wear. You can get themed of like every character. Who knew? I didn't know. <laughs> Disney people. Guess I'm not a Disney person. <gasps> How dare you? I just I didn't even know you could get the ears and all the things. I just don't think I would qualify. They'd sniff me out immediately as an interloper, <laughs> stab me or something. You'd be sacrificed to the mouse. <laughs> an interloper. They'll find the the lost Gurky costume and like shove your body into it to hide it forever. Is that a is that a pickle? Is that a pickle costume? Gurky is uh, a character <laughs> from the Black Cauldron. The Black Cauldron being the Disney movie that everyone forgets happened. Uh, is I do that, like. Is that a pickle? Is that, is that every a pickle? time I see Alex near a pickle from now on? I'm just gonna be like, is that a is that a pickle? <laughs> Also, I would hope that if if you were caught as an interloper at Disney, a unicorn would come out and skewer you and then wear you for the remainder of its days. No, 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 but they can't let it's all I can hope for. They can't let other people see that. No, the only Disney actor that is allowed to kill a park guest is Aladdin. <laughs> I'm not lying. That's actually look up Aladdin's exception. I'm still okay. looking up the, the other thing. The pickle. Pickle. <laughs> oh. So apparently, according to Snopes, it's not real. Yeah, it was I just a, saw that. Yeah, it's 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 not allowed. Like it's a it was an urban legend. <laughs> the world was more magical when I thought that was a thing we could do. 
goddamn Snopes take it over everything away from us. Members could just go out and start stabbing people. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. He's allowed. It's the law of Disney. Yeah. So Snopes over here killing my harsh and my buzz. <laughs> I have performed very suboptimally on this unicorn question here. <laughs> yeah, I, I did not do well. You all did exactly the same across the board. Hooray! <laughs> None. Look, I think it was last episode, I was, like, on it. Like, I yeah. had it. So the fact that, like, I'm completely biffed it on this one is like, oh, my, my street. My, oh, my no. score. I gotta go find really easy unicorns for next time. Oh, easy unicorns. Easy Unicorns is my least favorite spinoff movie of EZA. <laughs> Alex, tell me about Molly. I saw her today. Did you really? I did. I genuinely saw her this morning. She said, you're here early or late for you. And I said, yep. This isn't a story I want to tell, though. <laughs> <laughs> is your heart just not in it? Is it? <laughs> My heart wasn't in that story. That was just a recounting of my day. That's not interesting. <laughs> Anyways, uh, no, what we actually want to say about Molly is that Molly is a fantastic barrel racer slash we are bullying her, bullying her into being a jumper a little bit that uh, we have, thanks to all of our patrons, been able to sponsor and to follow her dreams to barrel race her horse. And she's actually, she's going to Worlds this year. So that money is going to help her get there and and race and, and do all sorts of awesome things with her horse, Kit Kat, who's related to the horse that I have on my shelf right back here from Tim. It's just a cool fact. I like to say it's great. We were talking about Kit Kat this morning and how she's good at penning cows. So there, but yeah, anyways, that's what your Patreon dollars go to. We can help Molly achieve her dreams and reach her goals and do all the wonderful things that we dream of as children. Awesome. The second story was much better than the first one. <laughs> All right. Well, what else? What else can? What else? Damn it! What else can you tell us about our patrons? That sucked. Yeah, you want to? <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. try that again. Yeah, that's what you <laughs> want to do. That sucked. Yeah. You support uh, our Patreon. You too can be awkwardly slurred out about your contributions. <laughs> there we go. That's what I was trying to slay. God damn it! Fucking leaving. You'll finish the podcast without me. All right, since Tim's left the room, we can go ahead and talk about the metal horses in our barn. First of all, let's talk about the three that we have trained to absolute perfection. That's right, it's Moosha McGraw, Big Thick Martingale, and Beta Ray Philly, the finest dressage horses on the planet. That's right. I'm just going to say that now. You can't stop me. Anyways, if you want to find out what our other Patreons are up to, you're going to have to ask Nate and Hot Lava SpaghettiOs, Iron Meriden and Stevie Lake's boyfriend, Philip D. Keating, Dale Donuts Third from Anonymous Steve, Dime Bag from Matt Alman, Silver Flame from Songheart, and Ronnie from Scott. You want a metal horse in the barn? Join our patron. And you, too, can have the finest trained dressage horses in the world. I assume. I don't really know. You have to do the training yourself. I assume you can do it. I believe in you. This is just a statement of how good I think you are. And maybe collectively, as, as, an, as a unit, 
you know, a real bonding experience, we can buy a painted unicorn statue for yeah. for all of horse girls. Please join our one hundred thousand dollar tier for that to be yeah. your unicorn <laughs> in the barn. Yeah. It's going to come all the way from Bristol, you guys. Come on. For a scant $100,000 a month. I feel like it's got to, there's got to be one that we can get for like 600 bucks, right? Yeah. Like like one that the kids in the town painted. Yeah. Nobody wants that one. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I just can't wait to find out what we're going to do with it once we get it. Because it'll be just like riding around in the back of a truck. No, we're going to put roller skates on it, Tim. Uh, no, yeah, like Tim. Until we can find like a museum or someplace to put it at. Why are we putting it at a museum? Then we can't use it. Yeah, we got to keep it. It belongs in a muse- It's Indiana Jones. It belongs in a museum. Hey, have you seen your house, Tim? It's a museum. Oh, that's a good point. A museum of stuff that's not worth a bunch. Most Most museums, honestly. <laughs> what would be a more perfect addition to your Christmas tree plans than a large unicorn? I would just get the large unicorn and then put the star on the top of its horn and just call say, that my Christmas screw, tree. Correct. Screw having a tree. We have a Christmas corn now. Yeah. Fucking exactly. Put some garland around it. Yes. Judy. A little tinsel boa. <laughs> you know, dig her up. <laughs> Okay. I would never. Okay, hold on. Seriously? <laughs> I would never. I would never. You do not desecrate the great late Judy Garland. I gotta admit, I just found out she was dead two seconds ago when yeah. you said that. I, I was like, are you just planting seeds for that if it happens, they could be like, look, Jenna didn't do it. She said so on a podcast. She would never. No, I legitimately would never. You know, I like that the grave robbing aspect, it's really just that it's Judy Garland. Not that generally has any objections <laughs> to grave robbing in general. No, not at all. No. For the most part, it's a body. It, they don't need it anymore. Go get it. I don't give a fuck. This is Judy Garland we're talking about. Horse Girls uh, does not legally endorse or encourage uh, grave robbing uh, for legal purposes. We want to be very clear. Do you remember the out-of-body experience I had when when Alpha Alex <laughs> said the thing instead of Anonymous yes. Alex? Well, yes. Can you imagine now the out-of-body experience I'm having when she Which, said my thing? Yes. She said the Jenna part out loud. <laughs> well, Jenna's the one that was not legally in, in like encouraging praise. I didn't, I didn't say to do it, to definitely do it. Like I said, I don't care if you do it. It's not going to bother me. I'm not saying you should. It's legally distinct from encouraging crimes. Yeah. Someone called my lawyer friend. <laughs> That's my favorite Blink-182 song. Anyways. Thank you for coming to our Unicorns of Balinor episode that did not talk much about Unicorns of Balinor. <laughs> And this brings our podcast to an end, similarly to the way that the Balrog ended, ended Gandalf the Grey in the Mines of Boria. Anyways, uh, thanks for listening to Horse Girls. If you want to know when new episodes are posted or share your observations of this positively academic podcast, follow us on Facebook at Horse Girls Podcast, Twitter and Instagram at Horse Girls Cast. And if you want to buy some radical shirts and things, visit DuckDuckJenna.com. America's most beloved search engine to search for Horse Girls merch. Do it. Uh, but if you want to search for something completely different, Alpha Alex, how? How? How do? 
If do want to uh, find me at other stuff, you can find me uh, slowly losing my mind on the Quid Pro Roll podcast, which is an actual play du- uh, Dungeons and Dragons TTRPG podcast uh, that was a very serious campaign about dragons before my players happened. Now it is about wrestling, soup, self care, and questionable morality. Uh, you can also find me, like personally, physically, like as a human being with flesh and bones and not uh, a snake face uh, at Alpha Comics <laughs> and Games uh, in. Richard in Virginia in the Willowlawn Shopping Center. Uh, we sell things like comic books, as the name would imply. And I'm also there, and not a snake person. I, did I mention I'm not a snake person? <laughs> <laughs> Leaning real heavily on this not a snake person thing. <laughs> Alpha Comics and Games, 100% staffed by not snake people. <laughs> that is our guarantee to you. You can tell because when you go there, your name is... Alexa, yeah. so you're not the snake one. No, I'm not the snake one. I'm Alexia, you know, <laughs> not, not, not Alex, the well-known snake person. <laughs> Ignore my snaky lisp. Oh boy. All right. Want to take our relationship to the next level? Join our Patreon. We already mentioned that. SingleThoughtConnectionTHOT.com. Uh, we have a veritable plethora of things to offer you, like content, but more importantly, horses in the barn. And if you want to find us on other podcasts, you can do that. If you like D&D, check out the Botch Podcast and Dungeons and & Draken Beams and Late Starters. And if you like Animorphs, check out Animorphs Anonymous. If you are be twitched by Jenna, check out Jenna's Twitch at twitch.tv slash Jenna Chill with one singular, singular L. I don't know what you've been led to believe in recent weeks that Jenna has a sign with two L's, but I'm refusing to acknowledge it anymore. There is only one. I will only accept one. I will not see this sign. I will not accept it. I'm going to get the drummer right my now. TED talk. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. Please, please save me from this. <laughs> I don't hear drummer noises in the next 30 seconds. I'm going to lose my fucking shit. Okay, anyways, Tim, who you can't see or hear anymore because he's gone to get the Dremel, is on such podcasts as The Way We Haunt Now, Tunnels Haunted Hell, House of Horrors, and Horror Shop Radio, where you can hear echoes of his voice that is no longer here because he has gone to get the Dremel. And if you think our episode art is hella cute, that's because it is, and it was created by KCD, who writes and illustrates a webcomic called Beside You, which you can read for free at BesideYouComic.com. May the nuts ever stick to your roof. That is, if that's the worst problem we have, we'll be fine. So fucking okay. ominous, Tim. I know. Okay, I'm that's ready. That's the okay. worst problem. I mean, we, we are have. reading the darkest book in the series, so. We're on the darkest Balinor timeline. Um, okay. We killed Balinor Harambe. <gasps> Balinambe. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's Tim. The- that's my stinger. Thanks for that. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs>